Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever had a day you wish you could just duplicate yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, with the Sydney platform, you can complete all your coaching cycles, track goals, and connect your teachers with relevant resources all in one place. You can maximize your time and maximize your impact. As a special offer for listeners of Coaching the Whole Educator, Sydney is giving away an opportunity to use a Sydney coaching package for free for the remainder of the school year. Go to sydney.com front slash TWE to learn more and claim your free coaching package to start saving time. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash T-W-E or click the link in the show notes. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I am so excited to have Nita Creekmore on. She works with Elena Aguilar and also has her own consultancy. And I'm so excited to hear all of her expertise around very specifically building adult relationships today. We're going to have a really interesting kind of windy conversation about relationships. And I feel like it actually mirrors how relationships go. It's kind of windy up and down and around. Um, I am clearly very passionate about relationships. And so we're going to kind of just talk about the nature of them today, how to build them and anything else that comes up in this conversation. So welcome, Nita. Thank you for having me, Becca. I'm so happy to be on here um, and finally get to chat with you about this. Yes, yes. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about this for a while. Um, Do you just want to quickly share with the listeners what has been your journey in education? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's been a windy journey. You were saying the word windy, but um, (laughs) I and I know this sounds like so like everyone says this, but I really knew I wanted to be a teacher at like age 12 or 13. Um, My mother was a teacher. She was a PE teacher. And I say was because she's retired now um, for 40 years. And so I think because my life was entwined in like the school system and like being dragged to this after school activity or this camp she decided to do or whatever. I went to University of South Carolina, go Gamecocks. We're about to go to the final four women's basketball. And so um, I had to put a plug there. And so I went to University of South Carolina um, and I studied education there. It was a minor. I majored in English. And then I went to get my master's because they had a five-year program. Came out. I taught for 13 years all elementary. Um, So I taught first grade, second grade, fifth grade, dabbled a little bit in third and fourth. And then um, I became a coach. And the path to becoming a coach did not, it was not the way that you would think. Like I thought I wanted to be a vice principal. Like I thought I wanted to be in leadership. Um, Got my educational leadership degree from UVA. And then like, was like, okay, this is my path. This is where I'm going. 
Um, and the more that I got entrenched in just different leadership opportunities, meaning like, you know, helping out leadership or being like, you know, observing, I think I realized that maybe this isn't for me. Like maybe I want, I really love curriculum. I really love instruction. I really love mentoring teachers. Um, and I think you get that in leadership, but I think there's just so much else too. And so, um, this coaching job fell on my lap. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And actually it was in the midst of me. I was having like, I feel like the highlight of my teaching career. Like I loved what I do. I was teaching first grade, loved my kids. Um, and this came in my lap and I decided to apply for it. Um, and this is why I tell people when they're thinking about going into like coaching, instructional coaching, do it when you still love what you do. Like mm -hmm. I, I tell people that all the time because I think it makes a difference. Um, and so, cause you're not coming out like jaded or anything like that. You have to love where you're at and love teaching and then, and then go into that. So, um, I got the job, didn't know what the heck I was doing initially. Like, what am I doing? What's happening? So I read all of, all the blogs, Chrissy, Buzzy Miss B helped me out. Nicole Turner, her stuff out there helped me out. Of course, Elena Aguilar, her books like helped me out. And I was like, what is my, like, what is my vision? What is my core? What do I believe as a coach? Um, and realizing that it, it came down to foundational, like relationships was the thing, um, the starting point. Like it's it's the road, it's the path. And so, yeah, that's my journey. Yes, I love this so much. Um, I, I uh, you and I actually uh, have very similar paths to oh, cool. to where we are. Yeah, I was I family of teachers. I knew when I was in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> you so, win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> taught almost every grade level, um, in elementary. So no, that's great. Um, you know that I, I just want to jump into our conversation. I was recently presenting at Coach Fest mm -hmm. on on resistance, and it was a session called Breaking Through Resistance. And in the middle of the session, I have all of my coaches and leaders write down the number of teachers they're experiencing resistance from. So I, take a moment, they count, you know, a lot of times, like, I feel like my coaches and leaders lose sleep sometimes over this stuff. It's like, yeah, I get them to move and, and grow. Right. And yeah. so they, they wrote down their number. They resisted me a little bit on that, but they wrote down their number mm -hmm. and I, I had them look at their number and I said, how many of those teachers do you have a strong relationship with? Mm. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that sound came from the room. <laughs> yeah, it was quiet. It was like a pen drop. <laughs> yes. And uh -huh. it was, you know, and I think about experiences working with educators that are grappling. A lot of resistance really comes from grappling and fear and human experiences, right? And and mm -hmm. here we are disconnecting from people yeah. that actually need the most connection many times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Part of it is because I feel like we take it personally. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's, it's not about you. Like when I first became a coach and I, and you know, I became a coach 13 years experience, you know, coming in felt like, you know, people who had like 16 years experience, people who had 20 years experience looking at me like, what the heck are you going to teach me about, about teaching? And it's so much deeper than that. And, but, but at the same time, I took that personally, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which hindered initially some relationships with some teachers because I was hurt. And so like, because I wasn't dealing with my own emotions about, about, or like emotions of that I was feeling, but also just feeling lack, right. Or feeling like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, like maybe, I, you know, and so like you, because of that, I'm resisting too. Like, so I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> You're resisting their resistance. And yeah. one thing I say often is what you resist persists. That's from Carl exactly. Jung. And it's like, man, we're actually keeping the resistance around and we don't even realize it. You know, right. I think about the, the, a pattern that I've seen with coaches often coaches very often were one of the highest achieving teachers in their schools a lot of times. Right. And then mm-hmm. they become a coach. And so they're yeah. used to being good at their job. Right. And feeling successful. And I'm sure there's a part of them that's like, I, the, I, I am successful. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then go to coaching and there's less success and there's sometimes there's like continual failure and and that's hard. That's hard to stomach when you are maybe the best teacher at your school or like just a really high achieving successful teacher. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. to go into work day after day and feel like you're failing with certain teachers over and over and over again. Like, first of all, when I became a coach the first day, I remember calling my husband on my break and being and crying and be like, what did I do? I don't know. I, you know, because it's like, it's a mindset shift. Um, you're used to kids like the first day of school coming into your room. Um, especially if you're a new coach or leader at a new building. Right. So it's like, I'm the only one. And so you don't really have a quote unquote team um, there too. And so um I remember that feeling of like, did I do the right thing? You know? And then I also remember the feeling of like having my meetings, right? So let's say get to know me meetings. And I'm like, okay, get to know me. I want to get to know y'all. I did it like team-based. And and I like had cookies and candy and like, hey. And I still left there feeling like, oh, like I haven't gotten them yet. Like I haven't like built that yet. And it was very disconnected. I didn't really look at it initially, like as like resistance initially, I kind of just looked at it like, they don't know me, I don't know them, I'm new. And I really tried, there were some days that I came home really upset. But like, I really tried to look at it like, if I was in their shoes, how would I feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love how you stopped and you're like, okay, if I was in their shoes, how would I feel? And that just gives you so much access to their humanity. Mm-hmm. The very real experience of what's happening versus like, they shouldn't be feeling this way. They should like me. Right. I call it the mm-hmm. shoulds. And I, I love that. So I'm curious, what did you do during those early years to build relationships? So the first thing is I honored their sacred cows. And so here's the thing, like anytime you go into a space, they have like a community that you're entering into. So I'm entering into their community. And I honored the fact that I was like, oh my, y'all are doing some awesome things here, like already doing awesome things. The school that I was at had a bad rap, but like went to the school, saw, oh my gosh, you're, you're doing amazing things already and said that, like, I actually said those things. So like one, I think that helped them to see, like, I'm not here to to change your whole system. Like y'all are already doing great things, Right. Hopefully I can help support you alongside you and make it even together, make it better, right? Not like I know all the answers because I absolutely don't, but together 
um, we could do that. And so one thing I did, I honored their sacred cows, like the things that were like sacred to their community, like, or to who they were or their identity or their, their school, you know, identity and core values. I honored that. And so I think they saw, okay, she's not, she's not here to like undo everything. So that was one thing. Another thing I had to learn is that not everyone has to teach like me. And so like, that was a hard one for me to like grapple with because they were doing great things just because your classroom doesn't look or sound or run the way that I would run my classroom doesn't mean that you're not doing good work. And that was something that I had to like a pill that I kind of had to swallow for myself. And that helped me to grow as a coach. And so another thing that I did, I told you I met with the teachers like in teams. Once I did that, I realized I need one-on-one. Really, when I really got to know them was like those one-on-one meetings and like getting to know them as a, like a human being, not necessarily like the teacher identity that they hold, but like who, who is Mrs. X, who is Mrs. or Mr. Y or whatever. And so like, I really took that time to put in at the beginning, those things. And then the last thing I did, which I think there's more than just this, but two more things. The last thing I did was like, I went in their rooms. And so like, I would say, you know, do you mind me going to your classroom and having some rounds just to kind of see how your classrooms run. And I just offered up positive feedback, nothing else. Like I didn't, I did not, I was not criticizing. I was saying, I looked in every classroom of like a couple of things I could highlight that was like, amazing that's happening in here. One that kind of like let them know, okay, she's not here to like nitpick everything. Although I got to the part where we were working together to like work through those things. And then at the beginning, middle and end of every year, and I continued this like throughout my whole, when I was in the classroom, I mean, in schools, I would give them break time. So like, um, I would let them sign up for times where they can, I can teach their class. One, it kept me like kind of going and making sure that I had my teaching stuff going on. And I would teach their class for 30 minutes and they can do whatever they wanted to do. They could stay in their room. They can pull kids and do assessments. They can leave and go to the bathroom and get some coffee, whatever it was. I did at the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, around December time. And then I did at the end of the year. Mm. And how did you notice just break time? Did you notice that shifted relationships with some of your teachers? Oh my gosh. Yes. Because one, they were like, wait. 30, like an extra 30 minutes, like an extra break. (laughs) Like what? And so I was like, yeah, I'll be in here for 30 minutes. And so I think by doing that, that let them know, Hey, I'm here with you. I see you. I realize that you need a break. Mm -hmm. I love this. I I, want to loop back to something you said earlier. And I just love this phrase, the sacred cows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I learned that from actually a leadership um, group that I was going in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was doing this, like this leadership track, um, I remember a leader coming in and said, when you're a new leader, you need to honor the sacred cows in your building, period. Mm -hmm. And it's just something I've always taken with me um, when I was doing that. Yeah. And I, my question for you is how did you learn what their sacred cows were, right? It's not, someone's not going to come up to you. Hi, I'm Becca and my sacred cows are X, Y, Z, right? Like you Mm -hmm. had to figure it out. How did you do that? So in conversation um, with the teachers, I could hear different things that about the school, like tell me about the school. What do you love about the school? Those types of things. And so those are just ways. And, And the way that I did that, it wasn't prescripted. It was just really listening. 
It was <laughs> you really said, you said the thing I was thinking about. You had to listen, right? And I be outside did. of your own head, right? Have an awareness yeah. for their experience, not your experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. Yeah, I had to listen. And those one-on-ones really helped with that. And just being in the classroom with them helped with that, with just doing co-teaching and me modeling for them. And the more that like, and one thing is another thing too. Once you have a teacher that you're really in relationship with, that teacher is like gold because what teachers do is they talk. <laughs> and so like, yes. they're like, oh my God, Nina and I just did this bomb lesson plan together. We just modeled this. I mean, she modeled it for me. Then we, then I, we co-taught together. And what they do, they talk to each other and they're like, what? I want that. And then you, and then what happens is it just keeps, you end up being like overloaded with scheduling because teachers are like, <laughs> okay, I want that interactive read aloud lesson. I want, we call it Rupert and Fat P, but like, it's like um, deconstructing the prompt and like, you know, different things that we, that I did. And they were like, yo, like the whole fourth grade team wants you to come in and model this and co-teach. And so that's what happened. And so if you're in relationship with like, and with one teacher, they talk, teachers talk, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens. And they, it, it kind of like ripples through. And one thing I wanted to just highlight is that, Becca, you know, and you know, this relationships take time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when you leave a community in which you're in relationship with so many teachers and you go to another community, you forget that relationships take time. Mm-hmm. It takes yeah. time. And we, you know, you, ironically, it's the most important foundation, relationships and trust are the mm-hmm. most important foundation to doing the work that we do. It takes time and it will never be a quick fix. We can never mm-hmm. actually want, need to, I need this to happen now. And, and right. relationships is not the tool for that. It's, it's the long haul and it's mm-hmm. the slow drip every day, every week that we go back over and over again. Yeah. That actually makes the difference, you know, for us to shift our, our mindsets on, on, on that. Right. It is on day mm-hmm. one, we are starting to build that. And sometimes the the relationship gets built in May. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, here we are and we have figured it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, one teacher comes to mind that I feel like our relationship went up and down and around in a circle. And like, there is lots of like restoring and rebuilding. And, and I think about that teacher often because I think about, okay, I always think about like, how could I have done it differently? Or what could I have done differently? And I tried different things. And all you can do is what you can do at the same time. So like, yes, you're building relationships. And but the person has to also want to open that door. And, and that doesn't mean you stop trying. It just means they may need some space. And sometimes in relationships, you need space. And so like, that's a whole nother um, conversation to be had too, is like, you know, knowing what people need and knowing, okay, do you need me to give you some space right now? And yeah. And, and not taking that personally at the same time that they may need a little bit of a moment or two. And so that's something I just wanted to highlight as well. You said that, you know, you can do the work to be building a relationship, but they do have to be open to building Mm -hmm. the relationship. But there's another thing that you said that I think goes very hand in hand with this, which is you kept thinking, of different ways to try to build a relationship. So, yeah. that, you know, we, we need to hold both of those together. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, we don't stop trying and thinking, right. Right. And we do acknowledge they do have to be willing to mm-hmm. open the door to that relationship, but they're not mutually exclusive. We're not just like passively, like, I guess 
I guess I'm giving up on this one. Yeah, exactly. And there's levels to relationships. Like, and so here's the thing, like, I didn't come out of like the school thinking, oh, now we're like best friends. We're going to go get coffee and we're going to go hang out. Although there's some people that absolutely I felt that with. There's different levels to relationships, right? And so it's like the level of expectation that you may have. Maybe it's like super high where you think that, yeah, maybe we we're, we need to go have tea. You don't always have to go have tea. But you have to be in relationship with someone enough to, for them to know, one, I trust you. I can trust you. Um, two, you're your authentic self, right? And I can be my authentic self with you as well, right? And so those two things are huge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love, I love you. Say, it's like relationships are on a continuum. There's not an on and off mm-hmm. switch at all. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And, and I, I want to highlight what you just said around be, I'm, I'm comfortable and I trust you to be my authentic self. Something yeah. around that when we can step outside ourselves, we can feel people being guarded and it looks mm-hmm. all sorts of ways, right? It sometimes it looks like being really nice and helpful. Mm-hmm. Right? Or it could, you know, it, it, I mean, it could just look yeah. like I won't make eye contact and I won't engage you either. Right. So mm-hmm. being guarded, first of all, can look lots of different ways, but when we stop talking and start really listening and being present, we can start to sense, Ooh, they're being guarded. So I think that's mm-hmm. step number one. And then step number two, something that I do is when I'm working to build trust in relationships, I yeah. am looking for tiny shifts in the way in their body language um, mm-hmm. and, and the way that they speak to me. And I think it's so subconscious that our body is showing we're not, you know, a lot of times I'm not like, I'm going to cross my arms now because right. I'm feeling guarded, but that is a natural body mm-hmm. thing that we do. Right. We like mm-hmm. literally want to physically protect ourselves. And so I watch for little, little body signals to, for to, to see when they're starting to lower their guard. Are they making more eye contact? Are they mm-hmm. uncrossing their arms? Are they smiling more? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That the way you show up and like, you know, Elena calls it like your way of being is is super important. Um, and the way I show up is super important, right? So the way I show up as the coach to the conversation. So we have to kind of check ourselves first, do our own self-work before we even show up to having these conversations um, and being in relationship with teachers as well. Um, One thing, as you were talking, that came up for me. So like the way you show up, the way you come to, to your coaching conversations, the way you meet with teachers. And I often say like, if you're not in a space, like if you're not there in a space, take some time for yourself. I had a principal at one time who was like, when her door was shut, she was having a moment. And that means she just needs some space. So yeah, that's that's such a good point. And I love how your school leader communicated that. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, self-awareness is literally one of the most important skills a coach and a leader can have. Period. Right. Self-awareness. Research shows that. Um, so this leader not only had self-awareness, like mm-hmm. not in a healthy frame of mind, but also the social awareness of communicating that, Hey, listen, when my door is closed, this is what's happening. And, you know, and how powerful is that right for a community right. to be aware of each other. Right. And, and mm-hmm. to know, and, and, and to be empowered in, and being able to step away for a moment and to have a community that supports that. Absolutely. 
So we often talk about when we're building relationship with like parents and the community about maybe they had experiences that maybe gave them like a bad, like school gave them a bad taste in their mouth, right? How is that different for teachers and educators, right? And so when you have a teacher that's had all these different experiences, experiences with coaches, maybe experiences with leaders, experiences good, maybe some not so great, maybe even some traumatic experiences, maybe even some like racist experiences. Like, and so you're, 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 you're meeting a teacher that has had different experiences that may have put a bad taste in their mouth. And so you have to be able to get to a place to and have a safe enough environment and trust where the person can start to kind of like, we can kind of get to those, the underneath, right? Get to all of that because that's where the change happens. You know what I mean? Um, and so we could, you know, we can continue to like teach skill and continue to tell them, okay, you know, here's the new thing, new curriculum or new whatever. But until you get like under the, to that, and we talk about it with like parents and communities, but we forget about the people who are in our building who also have those experiences. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting that. And that's part of building relationships. And you said earlier, you said, you know, it, it's not personal. And then you said, well, maybe sometimes And I actually assert it's never, ever personal. And yeah. this is, and I think it's, it's what you're just saying. Like we can project it could mm-hmm. feel deeply personal. They don't like me and they're only doing this to me and no one else. And, Absolutely. And, the reason, and the reason why I said that was because something may have occurred where it is a situation. They are actually hurt. That teacher. Got that. I got that. Yes. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Yes. Like because I did something that hurt you or, or b- broke your trust. And I, and I've done that before as a coach mm-hmm. and I had to kind of like, mm-hmm. I had to repair, you know, so that's, yes. that's okay. why I said that because there are times because no one's perfect. Right. Yeah. That, yeah we make that, mistakes. Yeah. That you have to repair, that you have yeah. to restore. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you said that. And I love that we looped back around, um, mm-hmm. you know, for that clarity. And and oh, it's so important that we restore and don't step over. Often I'm I'm going into schools, working with coaches and leaders, and I see that they have broken trust by accident mm-hmm. in the past and just step over it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the teacher should be focusing on the blah, blah, blah. Right. When in fact, like multiple times, the coach will have promised to come into the teacher's classroom and don't show up. And yeah. because they got pulled into an emergency meeting, right? Like something really happened for the coach, but what they don't real or, or, you know, principal leader, right. What they don't realize mm-hmm. is when they break their word, for example, that is a way of diminishing trust. That it doesn't matter why it really doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's, we actually have to go and repair that we said we'd do something and we didn't do it. And, and I I love that you highlighted that really important thing with relationships. When we break trust, break our word, when we do something Mm -hmm. to damage that relationship, we need to turn around and repair it. So this has been such a fun conversation for me to like hear your experiences for us to share with each other around building relationships. It is nuanced. It is not linear. There's no step-by-step right guide, but Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your sharing your expertise around this with the folks listening. And I'd love you to share where can they find you? Great. Thank you for that, Becca. I really enjoyed this conversation as well. Um, They can find me love teach bless everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, like I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and also on Facebook. 
um, Nita Creekmore on LinkedIn. And then me and my husband also have Creekmore Convos, which we have a book all about building relationships coming out with ASCD very soon. And so we're super excited about that. And so they will be able to see that on all those different platforms. So we would love um, to connect with any of your folks outside of the space. And I appreciate you having me. Yes, absolutely. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Uh, so it's easy for people to access you. And just thank you again for being here with us. Thank you, Becca. Before you go, we would be so authentically grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please share on your social media platforms and tag us. We'd love to know how each of the episodes is impacting you and would love to provide an opportunity to give us feedback and ask us questions. So please feel free to share and tag us at the whole educator on Instagram, Becca silver underscore edu on Twitter, the whole educator community on Facebook, or just Becca silver on LinkedIn. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated, treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.